You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,240, and this is interview number 1,553. We've been on the air since March of 2009. We're the longest-running business podcast emanating from beautiful Orange County, California, out of the spacious OC Talk Radio Studios. From unique phone chargers to portable batteries, there's a wide variety, as we all know, of cell phone accessories. Who doesn't have a cell phone and who doesn't have one or two accessories to go along with it? What a business it is, ladies and gentlemen. And one you may have seen in stores and near checkout counters are these small suction cup piggies for phones. Only one of the many products, but an iconic one, and that's why I've invited... Jeff Leitman here. He's the creator of the company Killer Concepts, who created these wonderful tools and devices. He's here with us in the studio today to talk about his business, his philosophy. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on the program. And and for those of you that are watching the live stream on YouTube or other platforms, you see I'm holding up something. It might be hard for you to see, but this is just, what am I holding up, Jeff? And explain that to the audience, please. Well, that one happens to be Doggy Piggy. It's part of our Piggy cell phone stand line, uh, cell phone um, silicone phone stands. And um, so it started off with the Piggy. The Piggy was a, uh, a suction cup stand that we created for your phone, and we took that to new shapes. Okay, so people have cell phones. They need to maybe put them on a counter. They need to be able to see them. And so these suction cups are designed to uh, adhere to the back? Right. You stick your Piggy on the back of the phone. And boy, do they stick. I have one here on, for those again, for those of you that are watching the live stream, I have one hooked to our microphone just to demonstrate how great they work. So uh, it helps great for Netflix, great for when you're cooking or any reason you want to look at your phone hands-free. Right. And so I got a little bit ahead of myself. Let me back up a little bit. Let's talk about you. What did you do before Killer Concepts? Uh, Really came out of the retail space. Uh, My first post-collegiate job was really at retail. Started off in the sales floor like all of us, or like many of us, I should say. Uh, learning uh, that channel moved up and became a buyer for that retailer, eventually moved to a, uh, another retailer. So I had got to broaden my experience buying lots of different categories, understanding the retail sector, uh, meeting with lots of vendors, building a network. Uh, then I moved over to the supply chain side of the retail business, uh, focused mostly on packaged media like video games and home video, uh, understood the concepts of uh, moving it from production to the retailer and understood now the basics of from the retailer to the consumer. So Killer Concepts was almost the extension of that, uh, completing the process, taking on the manufacturing, the branding, marketing, creating the, the channel, and then leveraging our networks uh, with some competitive knowledge to uh, get it out onto the retail shelf. What I That's interesting. What I failed to mention, ladies and gentlemen, is Jeff and his company, Killer Concepts, are a part of our summer extending into late summer series for fast growth Orange County companies. He and his company came to my attention because of the history of growth that they've had, uh, Inc. 5000 status, etc., 500 status. So tell me, why did you, of all the things you could have done in retail, how did you settle on this as a product offering? And I know you have other things other than what I'm holding in my hand. Sure. 
like every other startup, we scratch and claw at the walls trying to find anything that sticks. <laughs> and that any opportunity we chase with full enthusiasm, uh, we ensure that our lack of effort is never the reason for failure. Nice. That sounds like a cultural thing then. It's certainly something uh, that uh, we all take to heart for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, we've, we had that opportunity that stuck. We we value, evaluated, we'd identified the path to success, and we just planned to succeed. And that's kind of how we approach most of our challenges. So tell me if this is a fact-based statement or an opinion-based statement, that the cell phone accessory business is a very competitive space. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bloodbath out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's filled with a lot of risk. Um, it's filled with a lot of challenges. Um, but it's also filled with a lot of opportunity. One of the things that we were talking about before we went on air is the kind of the success that you've had. Some of it is determined by the channels that you've been able to establish. Are you comfortable sharing a little bit with your go-to-market strategy for your products? Sure. You know, we always view our customer as the end user. Okay. So we start our approach to focusing our messaging uh, uh, entirely with that in mind. How do we become customer-centric and look inwardly at what we're trying to deliver. We look at our competitive space, what else is on the shelf. We look at how to package it, how to merchandise it, and how to communicate the message of what it does and what it is and why they should buy it. So, you know, I think that's a, it's just a, a logical progression of, right. of, of, of how, to, how to get there. Then at the other end, you need to find the perfect product that has the economics that makes sense. So it allows for margins that covers manufacturing, allows for margins to cover our company overhead, and allows for margins to, for the resellers and the other members within the supply chain to get paid. And at the end, if the right product can be in the right channel with the right marketing plan, with the right price, <laughs> and uh, people respond to it, uh, then uh, you have a chance to get fed that day. Okay, young entrepreneurs, <laughs> and I don't mean young in age, but I mean young in experience of being an entrepreneur. Uh, Jeff just went through a series of, of ifs that are critically important to the success of a product-based company, right? And, Absolutely. And getting everything to line up. How long did it take you after you guys started Killer Concepts before you felt like, I think I've got a business here and we're on our way? You know, uh, I think we were in the fast-growing segment of, of the summer, but to say it was fast doesn't mean it was quick. Right. Uh, we spent uh, years uh, trying to figure things out, and um, it wasn't in really until, uh, for us, about year six. Wow. Maybe five. Five we saw it, but we were so busy building. You know, to sell uh, millions of units of something, you have to make millions of units of something. Right. That requires investments in molds, required lead time, inquired, and, and it just has a lot of moving parts. So we spent a, a year uh, that was chaotic, uh, that we were uh, constantly uh, just trying to keep up with our growth. Uh, once we felt the swell of kind of the, that effort, uh, we, we were, had a moment to breathe and identify who we were, uh, build for the future, uh, identify really what we want to be. And, uh, and then it was really about executing and trying to focus on the next phase of our growth and so that we could still keep growing. Uh, and um, and that's, that's really our challenge. We're talking with Jeff Leitman. He is uh, founder of Killer Concepts. We're talking about his 
products, his company. I guess because you're a part of the Fast Growth Series, I'd like to ask you, you know, if you can think about a decision or a set of decisions or something that you found and you and your leadership kind of made that has become kind of foundational that has allowed you to have not just some growth, but the all-valuable sustained growth. Sure. I I want to say I co-created the company. Uh, My good friend Rick uh, we started the company several to- uh, several years ago. Uh, we parted ways uh, in good standing, uh, but that's I think that's a story of a lot Thank of partnerships. You. Hi, Rick. <laughs> so you know, definitely um, key to our foundation for um, for sustained growth has been um, it's I guess starting about stay super busy, right? Keep putting projects uh, on your plate. Um, it's so easy to lean back and and ride uh, and relax. But in a competitive space, uh, you need to know that uh, what's next. So uh, we put as much on our plate as we can, uh, as much as we can handle. Uh, we try to hire uh, well, and uh, and fill uh, and give the right people the right um, responsibilities. But plan to succeed, as I said earlier. Uh, put projects and 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 develop. Uh, don't react to your plan. Uh, be in control of your plan, but be willing to change your plan every day. So yeah. uh, in this space, there's a lot of options of products that you could create because you have a brand awareness now. You're in the channels. You've got the all-valuable channels of distribution to the consumer. How do you decide to, to what to bring into your product portfolio? How broad is your product portfolio today? I guess it depends how you look at it. We're still a small company. We've got our piggy and friends, and then we're launching piggy vehicles and head-ups uh, all within the next three to four months. So the Piggy family has grown wow. quite a bit. Okay. Uh, there's in total, I'm going to say about 18 shapes, and and uh, creating the shapes is something that we've done uh, with Tyler in in our office uh, has been uh, and starts off with sketching, and it's a whole process. Sure. It's a fun process. It's a very nervous process because you want to get it right. Uh, then we've got our uh, more higher tier accessories, which would be our flip stands and our magnetic mounts. The goal with those products is to make best-in-class uh, accessories still at competitive pricing. So we use top quality materials, make sure the, they function great, and offer some great value and great uh, feature and functionality that's not seen in the market. I guess that's one of those early things is that you asked me about kind of what makes us different. Right. Is is we feel that uh, we have to be unique. We uh, that that all of our products have to be different because commoditization is the end of our business. Yes. And uh, so trying to innovate and try to find the gap in the market so you can seize on and hopefully choose the right ones is that challenge. Uh, I just got back from China. Um, it comes. I come back after a few days of getting my brain on right. I have an all hands deck. <laughs> Uh, meeting with, uh, well, not all hands, but most hands on deck meeting, a video conference with my team. We talk about uh, some of the ideas we've had, some of the progress of those products and some of the new products that may have come out of that trip. And we pick our horses and uh, we've got a steady stream of meetings with our customers that we can plan for. Mm -hmm. So we try to prepare for those meetings with enough options so that maybe we get four no's, but we get three yeses. Right. And um, and that also allows us to understand what sticks, what doesn't stick, and um, give us a good measuring point on how we're doing. So how long after you introduce a product or product line extension do you know if you've hit the mark or not? With everything we've ever sold, 
you don't breathe until you have a reorder. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sell through, huh? Yeah, sell through. Important sell through. Sell through. And, 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 and getting visibility to that sell through is tricky sometimes. Right. Um, but it is a, uh, you know, um, you know, my, my team would, would think I'm a difficult person. I think uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy with bad news, and I struggle with good news because happy bad news for me is closure. <laughs> okay. Good news means okay. Now what's next? And uh, so um, as much as the uh, so, <laughs> it's kind of a backwards approach, but um, uh, but it, maybe it's that conservative approach that has allowed us to survive some of our own mistakes. Right. Because it sounds like on the on the front end, you have quite a lead time from design through manufacture, you know, shipment, and then you get it into the channel. And then you have to wait for the sell through to happen. That that it can be a long gestation period for a new venture, which, you know, manufacturing companies have to deal with, especially ones that are based on the channel versus maybe a service company who can go out tomorrow and start, you know, offering their services and selling it. You have many more constraints in your business that you should probably want to be a bit conservative about. So um, I like to ask all the guests that we've had on the program out of the Fast Growth Series, if, if there was one suggestion that you could offer to your peer entrepreneurs who are leading fast growth companies, any piece of advice, something that maybe could help them, what would you offer them, Jeff? Uh, so number one, uh, stay true to your core values. Uh, consider what got you there and, um, and uh, don't, uh, don't feel that because your company has gone through a new phase that those core values aren't um, the mm-hmm. reason. Keep your employees uh, happy, uh, but focused. And, um, and, and so really engaging the employees is, is critical. And then continue to take very calculated risks. Um, uh, you have to um, uh, uh, understand uh, there's four quadrants uh, when you have your platform. Uh, you, uh, the best stuff is when you can benefit without new investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, any new opportunity that requires investment, uh, if you can afford it, uh, do it. Uh, but you have to make sure you're balancing uh, all those short-term and long-term uh, projects. Right. And as you get scale, it doesn't get easier, does it? Uh, my experience is from working with business owners, it's just more. More decisions, more people, more products, more clients. It's just the flywheel spins a little faster on you. I think... For me, uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder for everybody, but for me, I, I feel that that's an absolutely true statement and that what is driving people like me uh, is the hope that at some point it does slow down <laughs> and, we can, <laughs> and we can stop or take a break. And so it's always just around the corner. Um, sure it is. But as long as we have our passion and our health, uh, we'll keep chasing it. All right, uh, Jeff, a couple more questions here on Critical Mass Radio Show. This is our summer series, prolonged summer series of fast growth companies. I'm focusing on on your company right now. If there's a challenge that you might be facing, we all have them, right, ladies and gentlemen, running companies. There, we have plenty of them, so I only need one, Jeff. If you can think of a, a challenge that you're facing and maybe uh, what are you doing to not let it keep you from continuing to scale and grow your firm? You know, it's too convenient to bring up for me, what's the obvious right now, you know, our entire world was turned upside down um, by the tariffs. You know, we chose early on to look at our supply chain and invest and build our supply chain. And then we uh, woke up into a different uh, world. You know, we could debate manufacturing in China until we're blue to death, um, but that's not where we're at. We're at is how do we keep paying our employees? How do we keep growing? And how do we, um, how do we scale the company? 
So we looked at uh, the only thing that we can control, which is to expand our channel. Mm. We, um, we made an early investment uh, to, um, we hired a consultant to help us uh, uh, determine our plan to expand into the EU and into other markets. And then we ended up uh, bringing that consultant in full time once we met certain uh, criteria. And then we made the investment of uh, going out to Europe to establish our supply chain and our sales strategy. And we're looking at uh, uh, growing. So we see the tariffs has forced us to become a better company and it forced us to uh, broaden our, our channel. And at the same time, we're looking at manufacturing now in lots of places, whereas uh, we've made those investments in China. Now we're looking to make investments in other places as well. Do you think there are other viable options that you could choose to use for manufacturing? You know, it depends on the product. 99.9% uh, uh, of all mobile phone accessories come out of an area in China called Shenzhen. Yes. If I'm not there, I have a competitive disadvantage that puts me out of business. And a wow. lot of larger companies can weather that storm better than us. Uh, we're still a family-run uh, business. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do feel affronted at, and, and upset that I'm forced to look beyond that. But right. there's a silver lining. Uh, I don't. Uh, I hope I don't get any booze or virtual booze over the internet. But I am <laughs> headed to Vietnam next month to understand what they do well, uh, and and how we can look at that. I would love to be a company that's uh, made in the U.S. But I think that that is a privilege that larger brands can 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 finance. Mm -hmm. I think that um, uh, where we are as a company in the impulse area uh, and trying to fight for customer price points, uh, we have to look within. Uh, the markets that were available to us when we, when we that you know realistically within the world global market right and i i think that's one of the different things is you know we always have saw, seen ourselves as a global company we've never seen ourselves as an orange county company from yes. the day one we were a national company and then from day two we were a north american company and now here in day whatever uh we see the whole world as our market and we want to um uh, establish and succeed in those markets and uh, and and build uh, build a long term uh, platform um, that we can eventually uh, uh, succeed with. Boy, that was a teachable moment, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when we have a teachable moment here on Critical Mass Radio and Show on podcast, we uh, loyal listeners should be aware that we play the gong, which helps us to uh, remind us that if you weren't paying full attention to what Jeff, there it is, what Jeff Liebman said a few minutes ago, you may want to. Re I encourage you to rewind it because. I believe that the most valuable real estate of an entrepreneur has is the space between their right ear and their left ear. And you, you focus that by saying how you've, you were a national company from day one. And that philosophy probably has served you well, sir. And now you're an international company, global supply chain. This is awesome. And you're not the first guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast who said they're looking at Vietnam as an option. Uh, I can only imagine what the leaders of Vietnam are thinking about these tariffs, the unintended consequences. Man, we got another company coming over here to look at our plants. Let's get it cleaned up, ladies and gentlemen. I'd love to have you back on and to understand how you compare and contrast that decision because I think it's a curious, it's a very important one that you're going to have to make at some point, aren't you? Absolutely. Yes. All right. We're running out of time, unfortunately, Jeff. The time is flying by. I only have time for one more question, so let's talk about the future. I'd love to have you back on the show. We'll talk about your distribution, your manufacturing, maybe in a year or a couple of years. What's going to be different for you and the firm? What's going to be different for me yeah, and the where, firm? Where do you see it going at Killer Concepts, sir? So we've learned so many 
uh, so many things. <laughs> we've, uh, we've, 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 we start by making every mistake, and once we have those off the table, it's smooth sailing. Right. So the, the future is very bright. Good. We've, um, our pace of expansion, we seek to, bro- to accelerate. Uh, we've got uh, the know-how to broaden more SKUs, more items, uh, more brands. So as long as we can um, uh, 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 get to those moments, uh, we see uh, tremendous opportunity and tremendous growth. My goal is to come out of the weeds a little bit more. Okay. And so that's going to take continue to take some more time. And uh, what I love about that is the people I replace myself with are always better than I am at that role. They're more focused, they're more passionate, and, uh, and, uh, and I can't wait to see what those people who I haven't hired yet uh, can help us do. That's excellent. I love that philosophy, and that is so true. If someone would like to learn more about your full product portfolio, how do they find you online, sir? Uh, a good place to start is our website. Uh, we're at www.killerc.com, and, um, and uh, if you want to contact us, support at killerc.com. Uh, we'll get to anybody that needs to in our company. And so if you're listening to the show anywhere across the North America and shortly into Europe, because we have listeners, uh, international listeners, you should be checking at the uh, checkout aisles, etc., for Killer C products, for the Piggy Line, right, and, and other products. You showed us some of the other yeah. uh, pro-grade products that you have as well. It's all very impressive, and I'm so glad that you've been able to come in and share a little bit about your history and the company. I really thank you for your time and being a part of the community. Thank you for having me, and please keep bringing love and good karma to our company. Yes. We hope to continue to uh, to be a, a contributing partner of uh, this channel. That's excellent. All right, I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Mr. Paul Roberts, as well as our three producers, without whom I could not do this show every week, ladies and gentlemen. Joan Park, who's been with me for four years now, Crystal Nunley, five years, and our newest producer, Nicole Terry, who's in her first year with us and... Uh, She's usually in the studio, but today she's at class at Fullerton. So if you want to learn more about me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 